So week 31 and we begin this week with day 211. Again, if you have questions, if you have queries, just email me, johnny at jwfraser.com um, or go online and look up the things that you're asking questions about or commentaries uh, as we continue, especially at the minute, through Jeremiah. And today we read a couple of chapters of Jeremiah and again with a little bit of Second Kings and Second Chronicles. So there's a little bit of jumping about today, but we start at Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 1. You will be righteous, Lord, even if I bring a case against you. Yet I wish con- to contend with you. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why do the treacherous live at ease? You planted them and they have taken root. They have grown and produced fruit. You are ever on their lips, but far from their conscience. As for me, you know me, Lord, you see me. You test whether my heart is with you. Drag the wicked away like sheep to slaughter and set them apart for the day of killing. How long will a land mourn and the grass of every field wither? Because of the evil of its residents, animals and birds have been swept away, for the people have said, He cannot see what our end will be. If you have raced with runners and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses? If you stumble in a peaceful land, what will you do in the thickets of the Jordan? Even your brothers, your own father's household, even they were treacherous to you, even they have cried out loudly after you. Do not have confidence in them, though they speak well of you. I have abandoned my house, I have deserted my inheritance. I have given the love of my life into the hand of her enemies. My inheritance has acted towards me like a lion in the forest. She has roared against me, therefore I hate her. Is my inheritance like a hyena to me, or birds of prey circling her? Go, gather all the wild animals, bring them to devour her. Many shepherds have destroyed my vineyard, they have trampled my plot of land. They have turned my desirable plot into a desolate wasteland. They have made it a desolation. It mourns desolate before me. All the land is desolate, but no one takes it to heart. Over all the barren heights in the wilderness, the destroyers have come, for the Lord has a sword that devours from one end of the earth to the other. No one has peace. They have sown wheat, but harvested thorns. They have exhausted themselves, but have no profit. Be put to shame by your harvest because of the Lord's burning anger. This is what the Lord says concerning all my evil neighbours who attack the inheritance that I bequeath to my people Israel. I am about to uproot them from their land, and I will uproot the house of Judah from among them. After I have uprooted them, I will once again have compassion on them, and return each one to his inheritance and to his land. If they diligently learn the ways of my people, to swear by my name as the Lord lives, just as they taught my people to swear by Baal, they will be built up among my people." However, if they will not obey, then I will uproot and destroy that nation. This is the Lord's declaration. Then we begin our passages in 2 Kings 23, 28-30. The rest of the events of Josiah's reign, along with all his accomplishments, are written about in the historical record of Judah's kings. During his reign, Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, marched up to the king of Assyria at the Euphrates River, King Josiah went to confront him, and at Megiddo, where Necho saw him, he killed him. From Megiddo, his servants carried his body in a chariot, brought him into Jerusalem, and buried him in his own tomb. Then the common people took Jehoahaz, son of Josiah, anointed him, and made him king in place of his father. And Second Chronicles thirty-five twenty to twenty-four. After all this that Josiah had prepared for the temple, Necho, king of Egypt, marched up to fight at Charamishish by the Euphrates. And Josiah went out to confront him. But Necho sent messengers to him, saying, What is the issue between you and me, king of Judah? I have not come against you today, but to the dynasty I am fighting. 
God told me to hurry. Stop opposing God who is with me. Don't make him destroy you. But Josiah did not turn away from him. Instead, in order to fight with him, he disguised himself. He did not listen to Necho's words from the mouth of God, but went into the valley of Megiddo to fight. The archers shot King Josiah, and he said to his servants, Take me away, for I am severely wounded. So his servants took him out of the war chariot, carried him in the second chariot, and brought him to Jerusalem. Then he died, and they buried him in the tomb of his fathers. All Judah and Jerusalem mourned for Josiah. Jeremiah chanted a dirge over Josiah, and all the singing men and singing women still speak of Josiah in their dirges to this very day. They established them as a statute for Israel, and indeed they are written in the dirges. The rest of the events of Josiah's reign, along with his deeds of faithful love, according to what is written in the law of the Lord and his words, from beginning to end, are written about in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. And 2 Kings 23, 31-32 Jehoahaz was 23 years old when he became king. He reigned three months in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hamuthal, daughter of Jeremiah. She was from Libna. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestors had done. And Second Chronicles 36, 1-2 Then the common people took Jehoahaz, son of Josiah, and made him king in Jerusalem in place of his father. Jehoahaz was 23 years old when he became king. He reigned three months in Jerusalem. And verse 3 The king of Egypt deposed him in Jerusalem and fined the land 7,500 pounds of silver and 75 pounds of gold. And verse 4 Then Necho king of Egypt made Jehoahaz his brother Eliakim king over Judah and Jerusalem and changed Eliakim's name to Jehoiakim. But Necho took his brother Jehoahaz and brought him to Egypt. And verse 5 Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he became king. He reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord his God. And then 2 Kings 23 33 to 37. Pharaoh Necho imprisoned him at Riblah in the land of Hamath to keep him from reigning in Jerusalem, and he imposed on the land a fine of 7,500 pounds of silver and 75 pounds of gold. Then Pharaoh Necho made Eliakim son of Josiah king in place of his father Josiah, and changed Eliakim's name to Jehoiakim. But Necho took Jehoahaz and went to Egypt, and he died there. So Jehoiakim gave the silver and the gold to Pharaoh, but at Pharaoh's command he taxed the land to give the money. He exacted the silver and the gold from the people of the land, each man according to his valuation, to give it to Pharaoh Necho. Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he became king. He reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Zedadiah, daughter of Padiah. She was from Rumah. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestors had done. And then Jeremiah chapter 22, 10-12 Do not weep for the dead, do not mourn for him. Weep bitterly for the one who has gone away, for he will never return again to see his native land. For this is what the Lord says concerning Shalom, son of Josiah, king of Judah, who succeeded Josiah his father as king. He left this place, he will never return here again, but he will die in this place where they deported him, never seeing this land again. Then we read Jeremiah chapter 26, 1-7. At the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, the word came from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. Stand in the courtyard of the Lord's temple and speak all the words I have commanded you to speak to all Judah's cities that are coming to worship there. Do not hold back a word. Perhaps they will listen in return, each from his evil way of life, so that I might relent concerning the disaster that I plan to do to them because of the evil of their deeds. 
You are to say to them, This is what the Lord says. If you do not listen to me by living according to my law that I set before you, and by listening to the words of my servants, the prophets, I have been sending you time and time again, though you did not listen, I will make this temple like Shiloh. I will make this city an object of cursing for all the nations of the earth. The priests, the prophets, and all the people heard Jeremiah speaking these words in the temple of the Lord. And then Jeremiah 27, 1-11 to finish today. At the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came to Jeremiah from the Lord. This is what the Lord said to me. Make fetters and yoke bars for yourself and put them on your neck. Send word to the king of Edom, the king of Moab, the king of the Ammonites, the king of Tyre, and the king of Sidon through messengers who are coming to Zedekiah, king of Judah, in Jerusalem. Command them to go to their master, saying, This is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says. This is what you must say to your masters. By my great stretched strength and outstretched arm I made the earth and the people and animals on the face of the earth. I give it to anyone I please. So now I have placed all these lands under the authority of my servant Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. I have even given him the wild animals to serve him. All nations will serve him, his son and his grandson, until the time for his own land comes. And then many nations and great kings will enslave him. As for the nation or kingdom that does not serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and does not place its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon, that nation I will punish by sword, famine and plague. This is the Lord's declaration. Until through him I have destroyed it. But as for you, do not listen to your prophets, your diviners, your dreamers, your fortune tellers or your sorcerers who say to you, Don't serve the king of Babylon, for they prophesy a lie to you, so that you will be removed from your land. I will banish you and you will perish. But as for the nation that will put its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him, I will leave it in its own land and that nation will till it and reside in it. This is the Lord's declaration. And there we end, day 211. Day 212, and we begin today by reading Jeremiah 26, 8 to 19, and then we read Habakkuk, the first three chapters. So Jeremiah 26, 8 to 19. He, this is Jeremiah, finished the address the Lord had commanded him to deliver to all the people. Then the priests, the prophets, and all the people took hold of him, yelling, You must surely die. How dare you prophesy in the name of the Lord? This temple will become like Shiloh, and this city will become an uninhabited ruin. Then all the people assembled against Jeremiah at the Lord's temple. When the officials of Judah heard these things, they went up from the king's palace to the Lord's temple and sat at the entrance of the new gate. Then the priests and prophets said to the officials and all the people, This man deserves the death sentence because he has prophesied against this city, as you have heard with your own ears. Then Jeremiah said to all the officials and the people, The Lord sent me to prophesy all the words that you have heard against this temple and city. So now correct your ways and deeds and obey the voice of the Lord your God, so that he might relent concerning the disaster that he warned about. As for me, here I am in your hands. Do to me what you think is good and right, but know for certain that if you put me to death you will bring innocent blood on yourselves, on this city and on its residents. For it is certain the Lord has sent me to speak all these things directly to you. Then the officials and all the people told the priests and prophets, this man doesn't deserve the death sentence, for he has spoken to us in the name of the Lord our God. Some of the elders of the land stood up and said to the assembled people, 
Micah the Morishite prophesied in the days of Hezekiah king of Judah and said to all the people of Judah, This is what the Lord of hosts says. Zion will be ploughed like a field. Jerusalem will become ruins and the temple mount a forested hill. Did Hezekiah king of Judah and all the people of Judah put him to death? Did he not fear the Lord and plead for the Lord's favour? And did not the Lord relent concerning the disaster he had pronounced against them? We are about to bring great harm on ourselves. Then we read Habakkuk, chapter 1, verse 1, to chapter 3, verse 19. The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw, How long, Lord, must I call for help, and you do not listen, or cry out to you about violence, and you do not save? Why do you force me to look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Oppression and violence are right in front of me. Strife is ongoing, and conflict escalates. This is why the law is ineffective, and justice never emerges. For the wicked restrict the righteous, therefore justice comes out perverted. Look at the nations and observe. Be utterly astounded, for something is taking place in your days that you will not believe when you hear about it. Look, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter, impetuous nation that marches across the earth's open spaces to seize territories not its own. They are fierce and terrifying. Their views of justice and sovereignty stem from themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards and more fierce than wolves of the night. Their horsemen charge ahead, their horsemen come from distant lands. They fly like an eagle swooping to devour. All of them come to do violence, their faces are set in determination. They gather prisoners like sand, they mock kings and rulers are a joke to them. They laugh at every fortress and build siege ramps to capture it. Then they sweep by like the wind and pass through. They are guilty, their strength is their god. Are you not from eternity, Yahweh, my God? My Holy One, you will not die. Lord, you appointed them to execute judgment. My rock, you destined them to punish us. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil, and you cannot tolerate wrongdoing. So why do you tolerate those who are treacherous? Why are you silent while one who is wicked swallows up one who is more righteous than himself? You have made mankind like the fish of the sea, like marine creatures that have no ruler. The Chaldeans pull them all up with a hook, catch them in their dragnet and gather them in their fishing net. That is why they are glad and rejoice. That is why they sacrifice to their dragnet and burn incense to their fishing net. For by these things their portion is rich and their food plentiful. Will they therefore empty their net and continually slaughter nations without mercy? I will stand at my guard post and station myself in the lookout tower. I will watch to see what he will say to me and what I should reply about my complaint. The Lord answered me, Write down this vision, clearly inscribe it on tablets so that one may easily read it. For the vision is yet for the unappointed time. It testifies about the end and will not lie. Though it delays, wait for it, since it will certainly come and not be late. Look, his ego is inflated, he is without integrity, but the righteous one will live by his faith. Moreover, wine betrays, an arrogant man is never at rest. He enlarges his appetite like Sheol, and like death he is never satisfied. He gathers all the nations to himself, he collects all the peoples for himself. Won't all of these take up a taunt against him with mockery and riddles about him? They will say, Woe to him who amasses what is not his, how much longer? And loads himself with goods taken in pledge. Won't your creditors suddenly arise and those who disturb you wake up? Then you will become spoil for them. Since you have plundered many nations, all the peoples who remain will plunder you, because of human bloodshed and violence against lands, cities, and all who live in them. 
Woe to him who unjustly gains wealth for his house to place his nest on high to escape from the reach of disaster. You have planned shame for your house by wiping out many peoples and sinning against your own self. For the stones will cry out from the wall and the rafters will answer them from the woodwork. Woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed and founds a town with injustice. It is not from the Lord of hosts that the peoples labour only to fuel the fire and countries exhaust themselves for nothing. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord's glory as the waters cover the sea. Woe to him who gives his neighbours drink, pouring out your wrath and even making them drunk in order to look at their nakedness. You will be filled with disgrace instead of glory. You also drink and expose your uncircumcision. The cup in the Lord's right hand will come around to you and utter disgrace will cover your glory. For your violence against Lebanon will overwhelm you. The destruction of animals will terrify you because of your human bloodshed and violence against lands, cities and all who live in them. What use is a carved idol after its craftsman carves it? It is only a cast image, a teacher of lies. For the one who crafts its shape trusts in it and makes idols that cannot speak. Woe to him who says to wood, wake up, or to a mute stone, come alive. Can it teach? Look, it may be plated with gold and silver, yet there is no breath in it at all. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let everyone on earth be silent in his presence. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet, according to Shinnegonoth. Lord, I have heard the report about you. Lord, I stand in awe of your deeds. Revive your work in these years. Make it known in these years. In your wrath, remember mercy. God comes from Taman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. His splendour covers the heavens and the earth is full of his praise. His brilliance is like light. Rays are flashing from his hand. This is where his power is hidden. Plagues go before him and pestilence follows in his steps. He stands and shakes the earth. He looks and startles the nations. The age-old mountains break apart. The ancient hills sink down. His pathways are ancient. I see the tents of Kushan in distress. The tent curtains of the land of Midian tremble. Are you angry at the rivers, Lord? Is your wrath against the rivers? Or is your rage against the sea when you ride on your horses, your victorious chariot? You took the sheath from your bow. The arrows are ready to be used with an oath. You split the earth with rivers. The mountains see you and shudder. A downpour of water sweeps by. The deep roars with its voice and lifts its waves high. Sun and moon stand still in their lofty residence. At the flash of your flying arrows, at the brightness of your shining spear, you march across the land with indignation. You trample down the nations in wrath. You come out to save your people, to save your anointed. You crush the leader of the house of the wicked and strip him from foot to neck. You pierce his head with his own spears. His warriors storm out to scatter us, gloating as if ready to secretly devour the weak. You tread the sea with your horses, stirring up the great waters. I heard and I trembled within. My lips quivered at the sound. Rottenness entered my bones. I trembled where I stood. Now I must quietly wait for the day of distress to come against the people invading us. Though the fig tree does not bud and there is no fruit on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will triumph in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. Yahweh, my Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like those of a deer and enables me to walk on mountain heights. For the choir director on stringed instruments. And there we end, day 212.
So day 213, and we jump through various parts of Jeremiah today, and then also begin into Daniel. So Jeremiah chapter 35, verses 1 to 19. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the days of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah. Go to the house of the Rechabites, speak to them, and bring them to one of the chambers of the temple of the Lord to offer them a drink of wine. So I took Jezanahiah, son of Jeremiah, son of Habazaniah, and his brothers and all his sons, the entire house of the Rechabites, and I brought them into the temple of the Lord to a chamber occupied by the sons of Hanan, son of Igdalilah, a man of God who had a chamber near the official's chamber, which was above the chamber of Masaiah, son of Shalom, the doorkeeper. I set jars filled with wine and some cups before the sons of the house of the Rechabites and said to them, Drink wine. But they replied, We do not drink wine, for Jehonadab, son of our ancestors, Rechab, commanded, You and your sons must never drink wine. You must not build a house or sow seed or plant a vineyard. Those things are not for you. Rather, you must live in tents your whole life, so you may live a long time in the soil where you stay as a resident alien. We have obeyed the the voice of Jehonadab, the son of our ancestor Rechab, in all that he commanded us. So we haven't drunk wine our whole life. We, our wives, our sons and our daughters... We have also not built houses to live in and do not have vineyard, field or seed. But we have lived in tents and have obeyed and done as our ancestor, Jonadab, commanded us. However, when Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, marched into the land, we said, Come, let's go into Jerusalem to get away from the Chaldean and the Aramean armies. So we have been living in Jerusalem. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. This is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says. Go, say to the men of Judah and the residents of Jerusalem, Will you not accept discipline by listening to my words? This is the Lord's declaration. The words of Jonadab, son of Rechab, have been carried out. He commanded his sons not to drink wine, and they have not drunk to this very day, because they have obeyed their ancestors' command. But I have spoken to you time and time again, and you have not obeyed me. Time and time again I have sent you all my servants, the prophets, proclaiming, Turn each one from his evil way of life and correct your actions. Stop following other gods to serve them. Live in the land that I gave you and your ancestors. But you would not pay attention or obey me. Yes, the sons of Jonadab, son of Rechab, carried out their ancestors' command he gave them. But these people have not obeyed me. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of hosts, the God of Israel, says. I will certainly bring to Judah and to all the residents of Jerusalem all the disaster I have pronounced against them. Because I have spoken to them, but they have not obeyed, and I have called to them, but they would not answer. Jeremiah said to the house of the Rechabites, This is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says. Because you have obeyed the command of your ancestor Jonadab, and have kept all the commands, and have done all that he commanded you, this is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says. Jonadab, son of Rechab, will never fail to have a man always stand before me. Then we read Jeremiah twenty-five fifteen to 38 This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, said to me. Take this cup of the wine of wrath from my hand and make all the nations I am sending you to drink from it. They will drink, stagger, and go out of their minds because of the sword I am sending among them. So I took the cup from the Lord's hand and made all the nations drink from it, everyone the Lord sent me to. These included... Jerusalem and the other cities of Judah, its kings and its officials, to make them a desolate ruin, an object of scorn and cursing as it is today. Pharaoh, king of Egypt, his officers, his leaders, all his people, and all the mixed peoples. All the kings of the land of Uz, 
all the kings of the land of the Philistines, Ashkelon, Gaza, Ekron, and the remnant of Ashdod, Edom, Moab, and the Ammonites, all the kings of Tyre, all the kings of Sidon, and uh, the kings of the coastlands across the sea, Dedan, Tamah, Buz, and all those who shave their temples, all the kings of Arabia, and the kings of the mixed peoples who have settled in the desert, all the kings of Zimri, all the kings of Elam, and all the kings of Media, all the kings of the north, both near and far from one another, that is, all the kingdoms of the world which are on the face of the earth. Finally, the king of Sheshach will drink after them. Then you are to say to them, This is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says. Drink, get drunk, and vomit. Fall down and never get up again, as a result of the sword I am sending among you. If they refuse to take the cup from you and drink, you are to say to them, This is what the Lord of hosts says, you must drink. For I am already bringing disaster on the city that bears my name, so how could you possibly go unpunished? You will not go unpunished, for I am summoning a sword against all the inhabitants of the earth. This is the declaration of the Lord of hosts. As for you, you are to prophesy all these things to them, and say to them, The Lord roars from on high, he raises his voice from his holy dwelling. He roars loudly over his grazing land, he calls out with a shout like those who tread grapes against all the inhabitants of the earth. The tumult reaches to the ends of the earth because the Lord brings a case against the nations. He enters into judgment with all flesh. As for the wicked, he hands them over to the sword. This is the Lord's declaration. This is what the Lord of hosts says. Pay attention, disaster goes forth from nation to nation. A great storm is stirred up from the ends of the earth. Those slain by the Lord on that day will be spread from one end of the earth to the other. They will not be mourned, gathered or buried. They will be like manure on the surface of the ground. Wail, you shepherds, and cry out. Roll in the dust, you leaders of the flock. Because the days of your slaughter have come, you will fall and become shattered like a precious vase. Flight will be impossible for the shepherds and escape for the leaders of the flock. Hear the sounds of the shepherds cry, the wail of the leaders of the flock, for the Lord is destroying their pasture. Peaceful grazing land will become lifeless because of the Lord's burning anger. He has left his den like a lion, for their land has become a desolation because of the sword of the oppressor, because of his burning anger. And then we read Daniel chapter 1 verse 1 to 3. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, son of king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and laid siege to it. The Lord handed Jehoiakim, king of Judah, over to him, along with some of the vessels from the house of God. Nebuchadnezzar carried them to the land of Babylon, to the house of his God, and put the vessels in the treasury of his God. The king offered, ordered Ashpenaz, the chief of his court's officials, to bring some of the Israelites from the royal family and from the nobility. Then we go back into Jeremiah 25, 1-11. This is the word that came to Jeremiah concerning all the people of Judah, in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, which was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. The prophet Jeremiah spoke concerning all the people of Judah and all the residents of Jerusalem as follows. From the thirteenth year of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, until this very day, twenty-three years, the word of the Lord has come to me, and I have spoken to you time and time again, but you have not obeyed. The Lord sent all his servants, the prophets, to you time and time again, but you have not obeyed or even paid attention. He announced, Turn each of you from your evil way of life and from your evil deeds. Live in the land the Lord gave to you and your ancestors forever and ever. Do not follow other gods to serve them and to worship them, 
and do not provoke me to anger by the work of your hands, then I will do you no harm. But you would not obey me. This is the Lord's declaration, in order that you might provoke me to anger by the work of your hands and bring disaster on yourselves. Therefore this is what the Lord of hosts says, because you have not obeyed my words, I am going to send for all the families of the north, and send for my servant Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon, and I will bring them against this land, against its residents, and against all these surrounding nations, and I will completely destroy them and make them a desolation, a derision and ruins forever. I will eliminate the sound of joy and gladness from them, the voice of the bridegroom and the bride, the sound of the millstones and the light of the lamp. This whole land will become a desolate ruin, and these nations will serve the king of Babylon for seventy years. Then we read Jeremiah 36, 1-8. In the fourth year of Jehoiakim, king, son of Josiah, king of Judah, the word came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Take a scroll and write in it all the words I have spoken to you concerning Israel, Judah, and all the nations from the time I first spoke to you during Josiah's reign until today. Perhaps when the house of Judah hears about all the disaster I am planning to bring in them, each one of them will turn from his evil way. Then I will forgive their wrongdoing and sin. So Jeremiah summoned Baruch, son of Neriah. At Jeremiah's dictation, Baruch wrote in a scroll all the words the Lord had spoken to Jeremiah. Then Jeremiah commanded Baruch, I am restricted, I cannot enter the temple of the Lord, so you must go and read from this scroll which you wrote at my dictation. The words of the Lord in the hearing of the people at the temple of the Lord on a day of fasting. You must also read them in the hearing of all the Judeans who are coming from their cities. Perhaps their petition will come before the Lord and each one will turn from his evil way. For the anger and fury that the Lord has pronounced against this people are great. So Baruch son of Neriah did everything Jeremiah the prophet had commanded him. At the Lord's temple he read the Lord's words from the scroll. And Jeremiah 45, 1-5 this is the word that Jeremiah the prophet spoke to Baruch son of Neriah when he wrote these words in a scroll at Jeremiah's dictation in the fourth year of Jehoiakim son of Josiah king of Judah. This is what the Lord the God of Israel says to you Baruch. You have said woe is me because the Lord has added misery to my pain. I am worn out with groaning and have found no rest. This is what you are saying to him. This is what the Lord says. What I have built I am about to demolish, and what I have planted I am about to uproot, the whole land. But as for you, do you seek great things for yourself? Stop seeking, for I am about to bring disaster on every living creature. This is the Lord's declaration, but I will grant you your life like the spoils of war, wherever you go. And there we end, day 213. Day 214 and again today we have portions of Jeremiah and then also portions of Daniel. But we begin at Jeremiah 46, 1-12. The word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah the prophet about the nations, about Egypt and the army of Pharaoh Necho, Egypt's king, which was defeated at Karamashish on the river Euphrates River by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, in the fourth year of Judah's king Jehoiakim, son of Josiah. Deploy small shields and large, draw near for battle. Harness the horses, mount the steeds, take your positions with helmets on. Polish the lances, put on armour. Why have I seen this? They are terrified, they are retreating. Their warriors are crushed, they flee headlong, they never look back. Terror is on every side. The swift cannot flee and the warrior cannot escape. In the north, by the bank of the Euphrates River, they stumble and fall. 
Who is this rising like the Nile, like rivers whose waters churn? Egypt rises like the Nile and its waters churn like rivers. He boasts, I will go up, I will cover the earth, I will destroy cities with their residents. Rise up, you cavalry, race furiously, you chariots. Let the warriors go forth, Cush and Put, who are able to handle shields, and the Ludum, who are able to handle the string and bow. That day belongs to the Lord, the God of hosts, a day of vengeance to avenge himself against his adversaries. The sword will devour and be satisfied, it will drink its fill of their blood, because it will be a sacrifice to the Lord, the God of hosts, in the northern land by the Euphrates River. Go up to Gilead and get Bam, virgin daughter Egypt. You have multiplied remedies in vain, there is no healing for you. The nations have heard of your dishonour, and your outcry fills the earth, because warriors stumble against warrior, and together both of them have fallen. And we quickly go into Second Kings 24 verse 7. Now the king of Egypt did not march out of his land again, for the king of Babylon took everything that belonged to the king of Egypt, from the brook of Egypt to the Euphrates River. And then we begin at Daniel chapter 1 verse 4 through to verse 20. Young men without any physical defect, good looking, suitable for instruction in all wisdom, knowledgeable, perceptive and capable of serving in the king's palace, and to teach them the Chaldean language and literature. The king assigned them daily provisions from the royal food and from the wine that he drank. They were to be trained for three years and at the end of that time they were to serve in the king's court. Among them from the descendants of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah. The chief officials gave them different names. To Daniel he gave the name Belshazzar, to Hananiah Shadrach, to Mishael Meshach and to Azariah Abednego. Daniel determined that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine he drank. So he asked permission from the chief official not to defile himself. God had granted Daniel favour and compassion from the chief official. Yet he said to Daniel, My lord, the king assigned your food and drink. I am afraid of what would happen if we saw your faces looking thinner than those of the other young men your age. What would endanger my life with the king? So Daniel said to the guard whom the chief official had assigned to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah, Please test your servants for ten days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then examine our appearance and the appearance of the young men who are eating the king's food, and deal with your servants based on what you see. He agreed with them in this matter and tested them for ten days. At the end of ten days they looked better and healthier than all the young men who were eating the king's food. So the guard continued to remove their food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables. God gave these four young men knowledge and understanding in every kind of literature and wisdom. Daniel also understood visions and dreams of every kind. At the end of the time that the king had said to present them, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king interviewed them and among all of them no one was found equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah. So they began to serve in the king's court. In every matter of wisdom and understanding that the king consulted them about, he found them ten times better than all the diviner priests and mediums in his entire kingdom. And then we read Jeremiah 26, 20-24. Another man was also prophesying in the name of the Lord Uriah, son of Shemaiah, from Kiriath-Jerim. He prophesied against this city and against this land in words like all those of Jeremiah. King Jehoiakim, all his warriors and all the officials heard his words and the king tried to put him to death. When Uriah fled, he fled in fear and went to Egypt. But King Jehoiakim sent men to Egypt. 
El-Nathan, son of Achbor, and certain other men went with him to Egypt. They brought Uriah out of Egypt and took him to King Jehoiakim, who executed him with the sword and threw his corpse into the burial place of the common people. But Ahikim, son of Shaphan, supported Jeremiah, so he was not handed over to the people to be put to death. Jeremiah 22, 13-19 Woe for the one who builds his palace through unrighteousness, his upper rooms through injustice, who makes his fellow man serve without pay and will not give him his wages, who says, I will build myself a massive palace with spacious upper rooms. He will cut windows in it and it will be panelled with cedar and painted with vermilion. Are you a king because you excel in cedar? Your own father did he not eat and drink? He administered justice and righteousness, then it went well with him. He took up the case of the poor and needy, then it went well. Is this not what it means to know me? This is the Lord's declaration. But you have eyes and heart for nothing except your own unjust gain, shedding innocent blood and committing extortion and oppression. Therefore this is what the Lord says concerning Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah. They will not mourn for him, saying, Woe, my brother, or woe, my sister. They will not mourn for him, saying, Woe, Lord, woe, his majesty. He will be buried like a donkey, dragged off and thrown outside the gates of Jerusalem. Then we read Jeremiah 36, verse 9. In the fifth year of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, in the ninth month, all the people of Jerusalem and all those coming in from Judah's cities into Jerusalem proclaimed a fast before the Lord. Then we read Daniel chapter 2, verse 1 to 35 to finish today. In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams that troubled him and sleep deserted him. So the king gave orders to summon the diviner priests, mediums, sorcerers and Chaldeans, to tell his dreams. When they came and stood before the king, he said to them, I have had a dream and am anxious to understand it. A Chaldean spoke to the king. Aramaic begins here. May the king live forever. Tell your servants the dream and we will give the interpretation. The king replied to the Chaldeans, My word is final. If you don't tell me the dream and its interpretation, you will be torn limb from limb and your houses will be made a garbage dump. But if you make the dream and its interpretation known to me, you'll receive gifts, a reward and great honour from me. So make the dream and its interpretation known to me. They answered a second time, May the king tell the dream to his servants and we will give the interpretation. The king replied, I know for certain you are trying to gain some time because you say that my word is final. If you don't tell me the dream, there is one decree for you. You have conspired to tell me something false or fraudulent until the situation changes. So tell me the dream and I will know that you can give its interpretation. The Chaldeans answered the king, No one on earth can make known what the king requests. Consequently, no king, however great and powerful, has ever asked anything like this of any diviner priests, mediums or Chaldean. What the king is asking is so difficult that no one can make it known to him except the gods whose dwelling is not with mortals. Because of this, the king became violently angry and gave orders to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. The decree was issued that the wise men were to be executed and they searched for Daniel and his friends to execute them. Then Daniel responded with tact and discretion to Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, who had gone out to execute the wise men of Babylon. He asked Arioch, the king's officers, Why is the decree from the king so harsh? Then Arioch explained the situation to Daniel. So Daniel went and asked the king to give, give him some time so that he could give the king an interpretation. 
Then Daniel went to his house and told his friends Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah about the matter, urging them to ask the God of heaven for mercy concerning this mystery. So Daniel and his friends would not be killed with the rest of the wise men. The mystery was then revealed to Daniel in a vision at night, and Daniel praised the God of heaven and declared, May the name of God be praised for ever and ever, for wisdom and power belong to him. He changes the times and seasons, he removes kings and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals the deep and hidden things, he knows what is in the darkness and light dwells with him. I offer thanks and praise to you, God of my fathers, because you have given me wisdom and power, and now you have let me know what we asked of you, for you have let us know the king's mystery. Therefore Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had assigned to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He came and said to him, Don't kill the wise men of Babylon, bring me before the king and I will give him the interpretation. Then Arioch quickly brought Daniel before the king and said to him, I have found a man among the Judean exiles who can let the king know the interpretation. The king said in reply to Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, Are you able to tell me the dream I had and its interpretation? Daniel answered the king, No wise man, medium, diviner, priest or astrologer is able to make known to the king the mystery he asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has let King Nebuchadnezzar know what will happen in the last days. Your dream and the visions that came into your mind as you lay in bed were these. Your majesty, while you were in your bed, thoughts came to your mind about what will happen in the future. The revealer of mysteries has let you know what will happen. As for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because I have more wisdom than anyone living, but in order that the interpretation might be made known to the king, and that you may understand the thoughts of your mind. My king, as you were watching, a colossal statue, statue appeared. That statue, tall and dazzling, was standing in front of you, and its appearance was terrifying. The head of the statue was pure gold, its chest and its arms were silver, its stomach and thighs were bronze, its legs were iron, and its feet were partly iron and partly fired clay. As you were watching, a stone broke off without a hand touching it, struck the statue on its feet of iron and fired clay, and crushed them. Then the iron, the fired clay, the bronze, the silver and the gold were shattered and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away and not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the statue became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. And there we end, day 214. Day 215 and we continue through Daniel and also parts of Jeremiah. Beginning today at Daniel 2 verse 36. This was the dream, now we will tell you, the king, its interpretation. Your majesty, you are king of kings. The God of heaven has given you sovereignty, power, strength and glory. Wherever people live or wild animals or birds of the air, he has handed them over to you and made you ruler over them all. You are the head of gold. After you there will arise another kingdom, inferior to yours, and then another, a third kingdom of bronze, which will rule the whole earth. A fourth kingdom will come as strong as iron, for iron crushes and shatters everything, and like iron that smashes it will crush and smash all the others. You saw the feet and toes, partly of a potter's fired clay and partly of iron. It will be a divided kingdom, though some of the strength of iron will be in it. You saw the iron mixed with clay, and that the toes of the feet were part iron and part fired clay. Part of the kingdom will be strong, and part will be brittle. You saw the iron mixed with clay, the peoples will mix with one another, but will not hold together, 
just as iron does not mix with fired clay. In the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, and this kingdom will not be left to another people. It will crush all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, but will itself endure forever. You saw a stone break off from the mountain without a hand touching it, and it crushed the iron, bronze, fired clay, silver and gold. The great God has told the king what will happen in the future. The dream is true and its interpretation certain. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell down, paid homage to Daniel, and gave orders to present an offering and incense to him. The king said to Daniel, Your God is indeed God of gods, Lord of kings, and a revealer of mysteries, since you were able to reveal this mystery. Then the king promoted Daniel and gave him many generous gifts. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and chief governor over all the wise men of Babylon. At Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to manage the province of Babylon. But Daniel remained at the king's court. Then we read Jeremiah 36, 10-32. Then at the Lord's temple in the chamber of Jeremiah, son of Shaphan the scribe, in the upper courtyard at the opening of the new gate of the Lord's temple, in the hearing of all the people, Baruch read Jeremiah's words from the scroll. When Micaiah, son of Jeremiah, son of Shaphan, heard all the words of the Lord from the scroll, he went down to the scribe's chamber in the king's palace. All the officials were sitting there, Elishama the scribe, Delaliah, son of Shemamiah, Elanathan, son of Achor, Jeremiah son of Shaphan, Zedekiah son of Hananiah, and all the other officials. Micaiah reported to them all the words he had heard when Baruch read from the school roll in the hearing of the people. Then all the officials sent word to Baruch through Judah son of Nathaniah, son of Shelemiah, son of Cushi, saying, Bring the scroll that you read in the hearing of the people and come. So Baruch son of Neriah took the scroll and went to them. They said to him, Sit down and read it in our hearing. So Baruch read it in their hearing. When they had heard all the words, they turned to each other in fear and said to Baruch, We must surely tell the king all these things. Then they asked Baruch, Tell us how did you write all these words at his dictation? Baruch said to them, At his dictation, he recited all these words to me while I was writing in the scroll in ink. The official said to Baruch, You and Jeremiah must hide yourselves and tell no one where you are. Then they came to the king at the courtyard, having deposited the scroll in the chamber of Elishamah the scribe, and reported everything in the hearing of the king. The king sent Jehudai to get the scroll and took it from the chamber of Elishamah the scribe. Jehudi then read it in the hearing of the king and all the officials who were standing by the king. Since it was the ninth month, the king was sitting in his winter quarters with a fire burning in front of him. As soon as Jehudi would read three or four columns, Jehoiakim would cut the scroll with a scribe's knife and throw the columns into the blazing fire until the entire scroll was consumed by the fire in the brazier. As As they heard all these words, the king and all of his servants did not become terrified or tear their garments. Even though Elnathan, Deliah and Jeremiah had urged the king not to burn the scroll, he would not listen to them. Then the king commanded Jeremiel, the king's son, Sarariah son of Azrael, and Shelemiah son of Abdil, to seize Baruch the scribe and Jeremiah the prophet, but the Lord had hidden them. After the king had burned the scroll with the words Baruch had written at Jeremiah's dictation, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Take another scroll and once again write on it the very words that were on the original scroll that Jehoiakim king of Judah burned. 
You are to proclaim concerning Jehoiakim king of Judah. This is what the Lord says. You have burned the scroll, saying, Why have you written on it? The king of Babylon will certainly come and destroy this land and cause it to be without man or beast. Therefore this is what the Lord says concerning Jehoiakim king of Judah. He will have no one to sit on David's throne, and his corpse will be thrown out to the exposed heat of the day and the frost of the night. I will punish him, his descendants, and his officers for their wrongdoing. I will bring on them, on the residents of Jerusalem, and on the men of Judah, all the disaster which I warned them about, but they did not listen. Then Jeremiah took another scroll and gave it to Baruch son of Neriah, the scribe, and he wrote in it at Jeremiah's dictations all the words of the scroll that Jehoiakim, king, Judah's king, had burned in the fire, and many other words like them were added. And then we read Jeremiah chapter 13, verses 1 to 14, chapter 12. This is what the Lord said to me. Go and buy yourself linen underwear and put it on, but don't get it wet. So I bought underwear as the Lord instructed me and put it on. Then the word of the Lord came to me a second time. Take the underwear that you bought and are wearing and go at once to the Euphrates River and hide it in a rocky crevice. So I went and hid it by the Euphrates as the Lord commanded me. A long time later the Lord said to me, Go at once to the Euphrates and get the underwear that I commanded you to hide there. So I went to the Euphrates and dug up the underwear and got it from the place where I had hidden it, but it, it was ruined of no use whatsoever. Then the word of the Lord came to me, This is what the Lord says, Just like this I will ruin the great pride of both Judah and Jerusalem. These evil people who refuse to listen to me, who walk in the stubbornness of their own hearts and who have followed other gods to serve and worship, they will be like this underwear of no use whatsoever. Just as underwear clings to one's waist, so I fastened the whole house of Israel and Judah to me. This is the Lord's declaration, so that they might be my people for my fame, praise and glory, but they would not obey. Say this to them, this is what the Lord the God of Israel says, every jar should be filled with wine. Then they will respond to you, Don't we know that every jar should be filled with wine? And you will say to them, This is what the Lord says, I am about to fill all who live in this land, the kings who reign for David on his throne, the priests, the prophets, and all the residents of Jerusalem with drunkenness. I will smash them against each other, fathers and sons alike. I will allow no mercy, pity, or compassion to keep me from destroying them. Listen and pay attention. Do not be proud, for the Lord has spoken. Give glory to the Lord your God before he brings darkness, before your feet stumble on the mountains at dusk. You wait for light, but he brings darkest gloom and makes thick darkness. But if you will not listen, my innermost being will weep in secret because of your pride. My eyes will overflow with tears, for the Lord's flock have been taken captive. Say to the king and the queen mother, Take a humble seat, for your glorious crowns have fallen from your heads. The cities of the Negev are under siege, no one can help them. All of Judah has been taken into exile, taken completely into exile. Look up and see those coming from the north. Where is the flock entrusted to you, the sheep that were your pride? What will you say when he appoints close friends as leaders over you, ones you yourself trained? Won't labour pains seize you as they do a woman in labour? And when you ask yourself, why have these things happened to me? It is because of your great guilt that your skirts have been stripped off, your body ravished. Can the Cushite change his skin or a leopard his spots? If so, you might be able to do what is good, you who are instructed in evil. 
I will scatter you like drifting chaff before the desert wind. This is your lot. This is what I have decreed for you. This is the Lord's declaration. Because you have forgotten me and trusted in falsehood, I will pull your skirts up over your face so that your shame might be seen. Your adulteries and your lustful neighings, your heinous prostitution on the hills and the fields, I have seen your detestable acts. Woe to you, Jerusalem! You are unclean for how long yet? The word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah concerning the drought. Judah mourns, her gates languish. Her people are on the ground in mourning. Jerusalem's cry rises up. Their nobles send their servants for water. They go to the cisterns, they find no water. Their containers return empty. They are ashamed and humiliated. They cover their heads. The ground is cracked since no rain has fallen on the land. The farmers are ashamed. They cover their heads. Even the doe in the field gives birth and abandons her fawn since there is no grass. While donkeys stand on the barren heights panting for air like jackals, their eyes fail because there are no green plants. Though our guilt testifies against us, Lord, Lord, act for your name's sake. Indeed, our rebellions are many. We have sinned against you. Hope of Israel, its saviour in time of distress. Why are you like an alien in the land, like a traveller stopping only for the night? Why are you like a helpless man, like a warrior unable to save? Yet you are among us, Lord, and we are called by your name. Don't leave us. This is what the Lord says concerning these people. Truly they love to wander, they never rest their feet. So the Lord does not accept them. Now he will remember their guilt and punish their sins. Then the Lord said to me, Do not pray for the well-being of these people. If they fast, I will not hear their cry of despair. If they offer burnt offering and grain offering, I will not accept them. Rather, I will finish them off by sword, famine and plague. And there we end, day 215. Day 216, and today it's straightforward. We go through from Jeremiah chapter 14, verse 13, through to 70, chapter 17, verse 13. So beginning at chapter 14, verse 13. And I replied, O oh, no, Lord God, the prophets are telling them, You won't see sword or suffer famine. I will certainly give you true peace in this place. But the Lord said to me, These prophets are prophesying a lie in my name. I did not send them, nor did I command them or speak to them. They are prophesying to you a false vision, worthless divination, the deceit of their own minds. Therefore this is what the Lord says concerning the prophets who prophesy in my name. Though I did not send them, and who say, There will never be sword or famine in this land. By sword and famine these prophets will meet their end. The people they are prophesying to will be thrown into the streets of Jerusalem because of the famine and the sword. There will be no one to bury them, they, their wives, their sons and their daughters. I will pour out their own evil on them. You are to speak this word to them. Let my eyes overflow with tears. Day and night may they not stop. For the virgin daughter of my people has been destroyed by a great disaster, an extremely severe wound. If I go out to the field, look, those slain by the sword. If I enter the city, look, those ill from famine. For both prophet and priest travel to a land they do not know. Have you completely rejected Judah? Do you detest Zion? Why do you strike us with no hope of healing for us? We hoped for peace, but there was nothing good for a time of healing, but there was only terror. We acknowledge our wickedness, Lord, the guilt of our fathers. Indeed, we have sinned against you. Because of your name, don't despise us. Don't disdain your glorious throne. 
Remember your covenant with us. Do not break it. Can any of the worthless idols or the nations bring rain? Or can the skies alone give showers? Are you not the Lord our God? We therefore put our hope in you, for you have done all these things. Then the Lord said to me, Even if Moses and Samuel should stand before me, my compassions would not reach out to these people. Send them from my presence and let them go. If they ask you, Where will we go? You must tell them this is what the Lord says. Those destined for death to death, those destined for the sword to the sword, those destined for famine to famine, those destined for captivity to captivity. I will ordain four kinds of judgment for them, the sword to kill, the dogs to drag away, and the birds of the sky and the wild animals of the land to devour and destroy. I will make them a horror to all these kingdoms of the earth because of Manasseh son of Hezekiah, the king of Judah, for what he did in Jerusalem. Who will have pity on you, Jerusalem? Who will show sympathy toward you? Who will turn aside to ask about your welfare? You have left me, you have turned your back, so I have stretched out my hand against you and destroyed you. I am tired of showing compassion. I scattered them with a winnowing fork at the gates of the land. I made them childless, I destroyed my people. They would not turn from their ways. I made their widows more numerous than the sand of the seas. I brought against the mother of young men a destroyer at noon. I suddenly released on her agitation and terrors. The mother of seven grew faint. She breathed her last breath. Her sun set while it was still day. She was ashamed and humiliated. The rest of them I will give over to the sword in the presence of their enemies. This is the Lord's declaration. Woe is me, my mother, that you gave birth to me, a man who incites dispute and conflict in all the land. I did not lend or borrow, yet everyone curses me. The Lord said, Assuredly I will set you free and care for you. Assuredly I will intercede for you in a time of trouble, in your time of distress with the enemy. Can anyone smash iron, iron from the north or bronze? Your wealth and your treasures I will give as plunder without cost for all your sins and within all your borders. Then I will make you serve your enemies in a land you do not know, for my anger will kindle a fire that you will burn against you. You know, Lord, remember me and take note of me. Avenge me against my persecutors. In your patience, don't take me away. Know that I suffer disgrace for your honour, and your words were found and I ate them. Your words became a delight to me and the joy of my heart, for I am called by your name, Lord God of hosts. I never sat with a band of revellers, and I did not celebrate with them. Because your hand was on me, I sat alone, for you filled me with indignation. Why has my pain become unending, my wound incurable, refusing to be healed? You truly have become like a mirage to me, water that is not reliable. Therefore this is what the Lord says, If you return, I will restore you. You will stand in my presence, and if you speak noble words rather than worthless ones, you will be my spokesman. It is they who must return to you. You must not return to them. Then I will make you a fortified wall of bronze to this people. They will fight against you but will not overcome you, for I am with you to save you and deliver you. I will deliver you from the power of evil people and redeem you from the control of the ruthless. The word of the Lord came to me. You must not marry or have sons or daughters in this place. For this is what the Lord says concerning sons and daughters born in this place as well as concerning the mothers who bear them and the fathers who father them in this land. They will die from deadly diseases. They will not be mourned or buried, but will be like manure on the face of the earth. They will be finished off by sword and famine. 
Their corpses will become food for the birds of the sky and for the wild animals of the land. For this is what the Lord says, Don't enter a house when a mourning feast is taking place. Don't go to lament or sympathise with them, for I have removed my peace from these people. As well as my faithful love and compassion, both great and small will die in this land without burial. No lament will be made for them, nor will anyone cut himself or shave his beard for them. Food won't be provided for the mourner to comfort him because of the dead. A cup of consolation won't be given him because of the loss of his father or mother. You must not enter the house where feasting is taking place to sit with them to eat and drink. For this is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says. I am about to eliminate from this place, before your very eyes and in your time, the sound of joy and gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the bride. When you tell these people all these things, they will say to you, Why has the Lord declared all this great disaster against us? What is our guilt? What is our sin that we have committed against the Lord our God? Then you will answer them, Because of your faith fathers abandoned me, and followed other gods, gods served them and worshipped them. Indeed they abandoned me and did not keep my law. You did more evil than your fathers. Look, each one of you was following the stubbornness of his evil heart, not obeying me. So I will hurl you from this land into a land that you and your fathers are not familiar with. There you will worship other gods both day and night, for I will not grant you grace. However, take note, the days are coming when it will no longer be said, as the Lord lives who brought the Israelites from the land of Egypt, but rather, as the Lord lives who brought the Israelites from the land of the north and from all the other lands where he had banished them, for I will return them to their land that I gave to their ancestors. I am about to send for many fishermen, and they will fish for them. Then I will send for many hunters, and they will hunt them down on every mountain and hill and out of the clefts of the rocks, for my gaze takes in all their ways. They are not concealed from me, and their guilt is not hidden from my sight. I will first repay them double for their guilt and sin, because they have polluted my land. They have filled my inheritance with the lifelessness of their detestable and abhorrent idols. Lord, my strength and my stronghold, my refuge in a time of distress. The nations will come to you from the ends of the earth, and they will say, Our fathers inherited only lies, worthless idols of no benefit at all. Can one make gods for himself? But they are not gods. Therefore I am about to inform them, and this time I will make them know my power and my might. Then they will know that my name is Yahweh. The sin of Judah is written with an iron stylus. With a diamond point it is engraved on the tablet of their hearts and on the horns of their altars. While their children remember their altars and their Asherah poles by the green trees and the high hills, my mountains and the countryside, your wealth and all your treasures I will give up as plunder because of the sin of your high places within all your borders. You will ever yourself relinquish your inheritance that I gave you. I will make you serve your enemies in a land you do not know, for you have set my anger on fire. It will burn forever. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind, who takes and makes human flesh his strength and turns his heart from the Lord. He will be like a juniper in the Arabah, he cannot see when good comes, but dwells in the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land where no one lives. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence indeed is the Lord. He will be like a tree planted by water. It sends its root out towards a stream. It doesn't fear when the heat comes and its foliage remains green. It will not worry in a year of drought or cease producing fruit. The heart is more deceitful than anything else and desperately sick. Who can understand it? 
I, the Lord, examine the heart, and I test the mind to give each way according to his way, according to what his actions deserve. He who makes a fortune unjustly is like a partridge that hatches eggs it didn't lay. In the middle of his days his riches will abandon him, so in the end he will be a fool. A throne of glory on high from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. Lord, the hope of Israel, all who abandon you will be put to shame. All who turn away from me will be written in the dirt, for they have abandoned the fountain of living water, the Lord. And there we end. Day 216. Day 217 and the end of week 31. We begin today at Jeremiah chapter 17. And we go straight through to Jeremiah chapter 20 verse 18 and then into a later chapter of Jeremiah and Second Kings. We start at Jeremiah 17, verse 14. Heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved, for you are my praise. Hear how they keep challenging me. Where is the word of the Lord? Let it come. But I have not run away from being your shepherd, and I have not longed for the fatal day. You know my words were spoken in your presence. Don't become a terror to me. You are my refuge in the day of disaster. Let my persecutors be put to shame. But don't let me be put to shame. Let them be terrified, but don't let me be terrified. Bring on them the day of disaster. Shatter them with total destruction. This is what the Lord said to me. Go and stand in the people's gate, through which the kings of Judah enter and leave, and in all the gates of Jerusalem. Announce to them, Hear the word of the Lord, kings of Judah, all Judah and all the residents of Jerusalem who enter through these gates. This is what the Lord says. Watch yourselves. Do not pick up a load and bring it on through the gates of Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. You must not carry a load out of your houses on the Sabbath day or do any work, but you must consecrate the Sabbath day just as I commanded your ancestors. They wouldn't listen or pay attention, but became obstinate, not listening or accepting discipline. However, if you listen to me, says the Lord, and do not bring loads through the gates of this city on the Sabbath day, and consecrate the Sabbath day and do no work in it, Kings and princes will enter through the gates of this city. They will sit on the throne of David, riding in chariots and on horses with their officials. The men of Judah and the residents of Jerusalem. This city will be inhabited forever. Then people will come from the cities of Judah and from the area around Jerusalem, from all the lands of Benjamin and from the Judean foothills, from the hill country and from the Negev, bringing burnt offerings and sacrifice, grain offerings and frankincense, and thank offerings to the house of the Lord. If you do not listen to me to consecrate the Sabbath day by not carrying a load while entering the gates of Jerusalem on the Sabbath day, I will set fire to its gates and it will consume the citadels of Jerusalem and not be extinguished. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down at once to the potter's house, there I will reveal my words to you. So I went down to the potter's house and there he was working away at the wheel. But the jar that he was making from the clay became flawed in the potter's hand. So he made it into another jar, as it seemed right for him to do. The word of the Lord came to me, House of Israel, can I not treat you as this potter treats his clay? Just like clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, House of Israel. At one moment I might announce concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will uproot, tear down and destroy it. However, if that nation I have made an announcement about turns from from its evil, I will not bring the disaster on it I had planned. At another time I announce that I will build and plant a nation or a kingdom. However, if it does what is evil in my sight by not listening to my voice, 
I will not bring the good I had said I would do to it. So now say to the men of Judah and to the residents of Jerusalem, This is what the Lord says. I am about to bring harm to you and make plans against you. Turn now each from your evil way and correct your ways and your deeds. But they will say, It's hopeless. We will continue to follow our plans and each of us continue to act according to the stubbornness of his evil heart. Therefore this is what the Lord says. Ask among the nations who has heard things like these. Virgin Israel has done a most terrible thing. Does the snow of Lebanon ever leave the highland crags? Or does cold water flowing from a distance ever feel? Yet my people have forgotten me. They burn incense to false idols that make them stumble in their ways, in the ancient roads to walk on new paths, not the highway. They have made their land a horror, a perpetual object of scorn. Everyone who passes by it will be horrified and shake his head. I will scatter them before the enemy like the east wind. I will show them my back and not my face on the day of their calamity. Then certain ones said, Come, let's make plans against Jeremiah, for the law will never be lost from the priest, or counsel from the wise, or an oracle from the prophet. Come, let's denounce him and pay no attention to all his words. Pay attention to me, Lord. Hear what my opponents are saying. Should good be repaid with evil? Yet they have dug a pit for me. Remember how I stood before you to speak good on their behalf, to turn your anger from them. Therefore hand their children over to famine, and pour the sword's power on them. Let their wives become childless and widowed, their husbands slain by deadly disease, their young men struck down by the sword in battle. Let a cry be heard from their houses when you suddenly bring raiders against them, for they have dug a pit to capture me and have hidden snares from my feet. But you, Lord, know all their deadly plots against me. Do not wipe out their guilt, do not blot out their sin before you. Let them be forced to stumble before you. Deal with them in the time of your anger. This is what the Lord says. Go, buy a potter's clay jug. Take some of the elders of the people and some of the elders of the priests and go out to the valley of Hinnom, near the entrance of the post-herd's gate. Proclaim there the words I speak to you. Say, Hear the word of the Lord, kings of Judah and residents of Jerusalem. This is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says. I am going to bring such disaster on this place that everyone who hears about it will shudder, because they have abandoned me and made this a foreign place. They have burned incense in it to other gods that they, their fathers, and the kings of Judah had never known. They have filled this place with the blood of the innocent. They have built high places to Baal on which to burn their children in the fire as burnt offerings to Baal. Something I have never commanded or mentioned. I never entertained the thought. Therefore take note. The days are coming when this place will no longer be called Topheth and the Valley of Hinnom, but the Valley of Slaughter. I will spoil the plans of Judah and Jerusalem in this place. I will make them fall by the sword before their enemies, by the hand of those who want to take their life. I will provide their corpses as food for the birds of the sky and for the wild animals of the land. I will make this city desolate an object of scorn. Everyone who passes by it will be horrified and scoff because of all its wounds. I will make them eat the flesh of their sons and their daughters, and they will eat each other's flesh in the siege and distress at their enemies, those who want to take their life and inflict on them. Then you are to shatter the jug in the presence of the people travelling with you, and you are to proclaim to them, This is what the Lord of hosts says, I will shatter these people in this city like one shatters a potter's jar that can never again be mended. They will bury in Topheth until there is no place left to bury. I will do so to this place and to its residents, making this city like Topheth. 
The houses of Jerusalem and the houses of the kings of Judah will become impure like that place, Topheth. All the houses on whose rooftops they have burned incense to the whole heavenly host and poured out drink offerings to other gods. Jeremiah came back from Topheth where the Lord had sent him to prophesy, stood in the courtyard of the Lord's temple and proclaimed to all the people, This is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says, I am about to bring on this city and on all its dependent villages all the disaster that I spoke against it, for they have become obstinate, not obeying my words. Pashur the priest, the son of Immer and chief officer in the house of the Lord, heard Jeremiah prophesying these things. So Pashur had Jeremiah the prophet beaten and put him in the stocks at the upper Benjamin gate in the Lord's temple. The next day, when Pashur released Jeremiah from the stocks, Jeremiah said to him, The Lord does not call you Pashur, but Magara Misabib, for this is what the Lord says, I am about to make you a terror to both yourself and those you love. They will fall by the sword of their enemies before your very eyes. I will hand Judah over to the king of Babylon, and he will deport them to Babylon and put them to the sword. I will give away all the wealth of this city, all its products and valuables. Indeed, I will hand all the treasures of the kings of Judah over to their enemies. They will plunder them, seize them, and carry them off to Babylon. As for you, Pasher, and all who live in your house, you will go into captivity. You will go to Babylon. There you will die, and there you will be buried, you and all your friends that you prophesied falsely to. You deceived me, Lord, and I was deceived. You seized me and prevailed. I am a laughing stock all the time. Everyone ridicules me. For whenever I speak, I cry out, I proclaim violence and destruction, because the word of the Lord has become for me constant disgrace and derision. If I say, I won't mention him or speak any longer in his name, his message becomes a fire burning in my heart, shut up in my bones. I become tired of holding it in and I cannot prevail, for I have heard the gossip of the multitudes. Terror is on every side. Report him, let's report him. Everyone I trusted watches for my fall. Perhaps he will be deceived so that we might prevail against him and take our vengeance on him. But the Lord is with me like a violent warrior. Therefore my persecutors will stumble and not prevail. Since they have not succeeded, they will be utterly shamed, an everlasting humiliation that will never be forgotten. Lord of hosts, testing the righteous and seeing the hardened mind, let me see your vengeance on them. For I have presented my case to you. Sing to the Lord, praise the Lord, for he rescues the life of the needy from the hand of evil people. Cursed be the day on which I was born, the day my mother bore me, let it never be blessed. Cursed be the man who brought the news to my father, saying, A male child is born to you, bringing him great joy. Let that man be like the cities that the Lord overthrew without compassion. Let him hear an outcry in the morning and a war cry at noontime. Because he didn't kill me in the womb so that my mother might have been my grave, her womb eternally pregnant. Why did I come out of the womb to see only struggle and sorrow, to end my life in shame? And then we read Second Kings 24 verse 1. During his reign, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, attacked, and Jehoiakim became his vassal for three years. Then he turned and rebelled against him. And to finish today, Jeremiah chapter 47, 1-7. This is the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah the prophet about the Philistines before Pharaoh defeated Gaza. This is what the Lord says. Look, waters are rising from the north and becoming an overflowing wadi. They will overflow the land and everything in it, the cities and their inhabitants. The people will cry out and every inhabitant of the land will wail. 
At the sound of the stumping hooves of his stallions, the rumbling of his chariots and the clatter of their wheels, fathers will not turn back for their sons because they will be utterly helpless on account of the day that is coming to destroy all the Philistines, to cut off from Tyre and Sidon every remaining ally. Indeed, the Lord is about to destroy the Philistines, the remnant of the islands of Kaftor. Baldness is coming to Gaza. Ashkelon will become silent, a remnant of their valley. How long will you cash yourself? Ah, sword of the Lord, how long will you be restless? Go back to your scabbard, be still, be silent. How can it rest when the Lord has given it a command? He has assigned it against Ashkelon on the shore of the sea. And there we end, day 217 and week 31.